For the next 30 seconds, picture yourself in Maine, standing on a rocky sea cliff, waves crashing against the shore. Imagine tasting the freshest seafood, succulent, sweet, and full of salty goodness. The calming sound of a canoe paddle dipping into a mirror-like lake. Picture yourself taking a breath and a beat, telling the world to stop, if only for a moment. Plan your trip at visitmaine.com. Spacious new Volkswagen Atlas. It does life beautifully. Pandora makes it easy for you to find your favorite music. Discover new artists and genres by selecting any song or album, and we'll make you a personalized station for free. Download on the Apple App Store or Google Play and enjoy the soundtrack to your life. Hey, Brad, you know how Nationwide is more than an insurance company? Yeah, they're one of America's largest financial services companies. We get that in a song like Business Life Retirement. Or Nationwide's there to protect. I'm kind of the jingle guy. Not sure I agree with that. Well, I'm not sure I like your hat. Well, it would never fit on you. Products issued by Nationwide Life Insurance Company or Nationwide Life and Annuity Insurance Company. The general distributor for variable products is Nationwide Investment Services Corporation, member FINRA, Columbus, Ohio. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hello, hello. Welcome back yet again to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Bibbins, on Twitter at Bibbs Corner. Joined as always by my co host, Reese Williams at MFR25 on Twitter, at Minder Reese on every other social media. Reese, we usually get into a long, drawn-out thing about movies and whatnot, but we can't do that today. I, I think the people are going to be happy about that. I was actually <laughs> thinking that before we started. I was like, well, they don't have to worry about us talking about movies and everything non-basketball related for like 30 minutes. Yeah, so so no, no, no non-basketball talk at the top we may throw some in the back end but we'll see how this goes Um, the reason for that is uh, if you clicked on this episode you should already know by now but we do have a guest with us 
Uh, I used to be in the scouting game, but I had to I had to drop out of the game when I went back to school and I have not been back. So I can't tell you very much about this class at all. But someone who can uh, is Jordan Ennis. Uh, we're going to bring him on here on Twitter at Hoop Social Draft. His website, hoop-social.com. Uh, keeping up with everything draft related. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right, Jordan. So, you know, you send me your stuff sometimes. I, I get a chance to look at it. I tried to avoid it at first because I didn't want to be biased when I was doing stuff later. But uh, I have checked it out recently. You got some interest, interesting rankings from what I've seen. Uh, give me a little bit about your your background, I guess, with the scouting. Uh, so I am pretty much an amateur at this. I have tried to do this kind of as a hobby and it has kind of grown, uh, especially the last couple of years, uh, pretty much exponentially. I never had thought that anybody would really like listen to my stuff. And then I was offered by the guy who owns hoop social, uh, to start running some of my stuff that I'd been doing as Facebook posts on his website. And then all of a sudden it took off and, uh, we're actually growing like crazy. So, uh, I've tried to be a little bit more serious about it since then. So I'm kind of learning from people as I go and trying to do my best. It's a familiar story. Uh, <laughs> you just kind of start doing something for fun and all of a sudden people say, hey, you should do this for real. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like this is a perfect parent this trio here <laughs> exactly exactly no i definitely um i appreciate anybody that's putting in the work so glad to have you here uh to answer some of these questions that we may have about about these prospects so let's get straight into it i'll let you start reese uh what questions do you have at the top of the draft here at the top of the draft as far as the actually i'll get his opinion on this first okay um as far as the 10th pick goes I've had questions about this and I've asked people, um, do you think it is more beneficiary to the Mavs to trade back five spots and possibly get a prospect? Because I'm pretty sure the guys that focusing on that 10 have a likelihood of not being there. Guys like Taylor Hendricks, Jarris Walker. Uh, I know some people would take lively at 10, but I think it would benefit them more to trade back. Uh, get an asset in return and still get that guy. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, so I am of the opinion that uh, if you can get, you know, if you can get Walker or Life or uh, Hendrix, I'd love them. Uh, I also like Anthony Black in that range. Uh, I kind of am afraid that the whole Bradley Beal trade kind of threw off. And I'm pretty sure Black's gone now. Um, and so, uh, I, if you can get one of those three to drop, I would rather do it. I am personally some, I don't think Lively is going to actually be good his rookie year. I think it's going to be like a two or three year process for him. Um, and I think if you're wanting an impact big this year, uh, Trish Jackson Davis is just a much better impact big this year um, than Lively is going to be. So I would, if we're trading back five spots, um, to still draft lively, like I, I'd need a pretty good player to come in. Um, Cause to be honest, I would rather just draft even Grady Dick at uh, 10 than I would draft, move back five spots for lively, unless we're getting a significant upgrade in the trade. Uh, you know, like the Capella trade, like I could, I could, I could live with trading back five spots if we're bringing back Capella 
yeah. um, or something like that. But if we're just trading back, just to trade back, um, I would rather just take like Grady Dick. Um, you can always use more shooting. I get that people, some people think we're just a jump shooting team. Like really uh, it's Tim Kyrie and Luca. That's it. That's like, like knockdown shooters. So uh, if I think more shooting doesn't hurt. So, uh, but if we're trading back for lively, um, the, the Intel seems to say that he's not going to be there if we trade back. So uh, that's the interesting thing there. Where do you go? Uh, I think it's, you know, I think he's a project, so he's going to take some years. So I personally uh, would like to not take him and take somebody else, especially at 10. So, so. You're, not, you're not in on, on lively from what I hear. Um, yeah. And when you say he's a project, is it a size thing or a skill thing? Uh, I think it's a skill thing. The, uh, the offensive end with him is very, very rough. Um, I think he will get there. But the offensive end is very, very rough. And the, the offensive upside that he has is basically entirely based off of his high school uh, tape. And his high school tape, he's a completely different player than he was at Duke. So it's like, what are we, you know, are we taking what he was at Duke or are we taking what he was in high school? Because in high school, he was kind of like Tyson Chandler with a jump shot. In Duke, you know, he was just, you know, he could roll to the rim but he didn't do it very much. He was not, he was very much like the afterthought of afterthoughts in the offense. And so where are you going to go with that? So I, I just, I don't see him getting more minutes over Powell. And if we're going to draft somebody with 10 to be the big man, I want them to be better than Powell this year. Like, <laughs> that's just like, I, I feel like that's a low bar and <laughs> I want you to be better than Powell. <laughs> okay yeah because so in, in your eyes i'm gonna just put bring this last thing in your eyes we get lively let's say we trade back we get lively and uh he comes in there's a chance that dwight powell is getting minutes over him very easily yeah and yeah there's a chance he's going to frisco or something like that <laughs> yeah and so that's that's what my worry is with drafting him at 10 you know if we the, the farther we can move back and take him the more that i'm like okay this is a good idea okay but at 10, I would rather have somebody who could make a more immediate impact than likely. So with the Capella trade, it seems like if that goes down, we will be getting a 15th pick outside mm -hmm. of lively. Somebody I like, granted, like Bib said, he's not familiar with the draft class. I'm only familiar with, you know, uh, once we got the pick, I said, all right, now I can give a shit about this. I'm looking, right. you know, scouting videos, checking guys out, strengths and weaknesses. So I'm not too uh, knowledgeable on some of these guys, but a guy that I happen to look up that I like is uh, Jordan Hawkins. What are your thoughts on Jordan Hawkins? Uh, I love Jordan Hawkins. I have him 13. Um, I almost said I would draft Jordan Hawkins 10 instead of Grady Dick. Mm. So um, <laughs> like as far as <laughs> I like him that much more than likely. Uh, is what I'm trying to say. Like, uh, you look at the way that Max Struess performed in the playoffs, Hawkins is that level of a shooter, and I think he's a better defender than Struess. So um, I think that just that kind of fit on the Mavs would really work. He's a little small to be a full-time three, so we have the same problem as kind of Josh Green. But, uh, you know, if we're in theory trading Tim this offseason, we're going to have to replace that shooting somewhere. Um, if we're trading... Reggie, we're going to have to replace that shooting somewhere. So uh, if, if this team looks different, we're going to need shooting somewhere. So 
we are probably going to, I don't think it's a bad idea to draft shooting. I agree. Okay. Um, and Hawkins, correct me if I'm wrong. He was, I, when I first started looking at draft boards, he was early second round. And is it, is it pretty, uh, I guess, almost a consensus now that he's mid first or yeah, mid first? are you higher on him than most? Uh, so most people I've seen have him in the 11 to 17 range, somewhere around there. Okay. I feel like there's been this draft more than others in the past has had a lot of guys that have shot up late in the process here. Yeah. Uh, one of those guys being Bilal Koulibaly, who mm-hmm. I, uh, so when we did the, the Mavs outsiders play GM, I was looking at guys in the late, like mid to late twenties uh to to potentially grab and that's where he was initially like that's where they had him in that that 25 to 35 range uh but when i watched the video i was like wait wait a second now this 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 looks like something here like it it gave me the same vibes i had back when i saw Giannis for the first time and i'm not trying to say he's gonna be Giannis by any means but it gave me the same vibes like just the way he played the game so now he's a lottery pick uh what are your thoughts on on him so let me give you the pluses and then let me give you the minuses for uh, below. So pluses, he's a great defender. He's super athletic. He has great measure, you know, six, eight with a seven, two wingspan. I mean, uh, he's a big forward, big guard. You know, he, he can guard four or five positions, well, four positions. Uh, I don't think he can guard centers, but uh, you know, he's, he's long, super athletic, uh, pretty good finisher, good passer for someone like that shot 40% from three. Here's the problem. He was a terrible free throw shooter and he only shot like one, three a game. So that three point shooting could easily be a mirage. Uh, so that could easily tank. If all of a sudden he's not a good shooter, that could be a huge problem. Uh, the other thing is I don't think I have yet to see a highlight of him driving, right? I'm sure he did it at least once this year, but <laughs> it was like left every time. <laughs> so uh, he might be only able to go one direction. And uh, to be fair, when you're playing with Victor Wimbanyama, like, Everybody's going to be guarding that dude. They're not worried about you. So you can go left every time and it's not going to matter, but uh, he is pretty interesting. The shot is a little funky. Um, I'm not totally scared off. Uh, look what we did with Dorian, like good grief. Dorian was like the worst shooter who ever existed. And then he was good as soon as we got Luca. Now he's, he's bad again, but you know, like I, I think we can fix shooting. So. Okay. Um, would you take him at 10 if he's there? Or would you? Be- I would not be opposed to it. Um, I would not be opposed to it. That's uh, again. I have him. So I have Bilal at. Let's see. What is he on my board? Um, Twelve and Lively is sixteen. So, but Lively's a whole tier down from that. So, so yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be totally opposed to uh, Bilal, and he he fits the mold because we kind of need. He's like a taller Josh, so. He's got the energy that Josh brings, and we always talk about we need that energy uh, that Josh brings. So he's got that energy, um, and he can actually guard fours a lot more credibly than Josh can. So having a taller Josh is not a bad idea for this team. It's definitely something I've been trying to get accomplished here uh, for for the past year. Like I was willing to accept Cam Reddish at one point, and right. Um, I've been begging for a Harrison Barnes reunion. Like, <laughs> well, you might get your wish. Who knows? Who I'm knows? not saying that out loud on this podcast. <laughs> I'm willing that into existence. He's, he's on the wrong side of 30 for me. Yeah. Um, is he 30? Yeah, he's 30. 
Yeah, I think so. I think, I think he is 30 now. Wrong side of 30 for me. <laughs> I'm about to be on the wrong side of 30, so. I mean, I'm, I'm well into the wrong side of 30, and my gray <laughs> hairs speak for themselves. So, yeah. um, Reese, did you have another one you wanted to grab, or I, I can go? All right. <clears throat> okay, so uh, two names that have come up, I would say the most often, uh, and we'll, we'll start with the, 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 the prominent name right now. You mentioned him earlier, Anthony Black. Uh, are we expecting him to be there at 10 or, or no at this point? Um, until the Beal trade, I was expecting that there was a possibility because um, I thought maybe the Jazz were the ones. Um, it seems like maybe Case and Wallace had a promise from the Wizards. Uh, so that seems to be, for me, uh, that would mean they weren't taking Black. But man, I, if I don't have Beal, I really think Black is mm-hmm. intriguing because uh, to me, Black is just a better prospect than Wallace. Okay. And so uh, I feel like if Black didn't go to the Magic and doesn't go to the Wizards and doesn't go to the Jazz, then he could be for us. But that, that's three teams that could you could in theory use Jack uh, Black right before us. So I don't know. Uh, I would like him. Again, another wing, you know, wing-sized guy who can pass, who's super athletic, good defender. Like we need that. Um, but there's three teams that also need that in front of us. So that's kind of a interesting. I don't know much about Black. What's what's his uh is he a point guard or like because I've I've seen people list him as a as a point guard. Like, is he a guy that you want running the offense at any point? I think he's more of like a secondary, like point forward, like almost Iggy kind of, you know. Um, so he can he can run your offense for you, but I don't think you want him being the only one uh, to run your offense. Um, so, you know, Black is he's you know he's super athletic. He's a great passer. He's a good defender. He you know he does all these different things. Um, his hair is awesome. He has like fantastic hair. Um, and so I, I think everybody should have afros. Like that's just you know just me. Um, love Dr. J. So. Uh, I would like him on the team, but because uh, I think the more ball handling we have with Luca, I think actually the better. I don't think that's actually a detriment. Okay. Yeah, I did have questions like if he was a point guard because that's what I've seen. I've seen people list him as a point guard, and I was wondering like he he played point guard at Arkansas, but he actually wasn't supposed to play point guard. Okay. So um, originally, uh, it was supposed to be Nick Smith would be like the main ball handler. And he was going to be that secondary creator and they were kind of both going to work together. But Nick Smith was his injuries just destroyed his year. So um, that kind of threw things off. So he became the main point guard. Um, but originally he was kind of supposed to be more of the secondary creator and Nick was supposed to run the offense. Okay. Cause that was a worry I was having. I was like, okay, I know some guy, I know some people like this guy, but at 10, should we take a guard, even though, you know, he has some upside, should we take a guard when we already have a Luca, Kyrie, a Jaden Hardy? Uh, do you think he can fit into that, like play some off ball, like a uh, wing position, like small forward? Yeah, I, I think he can play off ball. Um, and more importantly, he can guard off ball. Um, more, he can guard threes. He can guard fours. Uh, he is really good at attacking off the catch. Um, so he's not a great uh, shooter but he is a great attacker off the catch. So, uh, you know, he's heading to the hoop before he's even actually caught the ball completely and is past his defender before they know what's happened. Um, so he's just really smart. Um, he's kind of like Kyle Anderson. If Kyle Anderson actually had NBA athleticism, 
Um, you know, so he's just really smart and has the defensive and the, the angles all down, but he's also an athlete. So, okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Actually. No. It's funny. Cause and he's going to, I watched that team a few times. I don't, I don't recall any of that <laughs> for whatever reason. It just didn't stick for me at the time. Arkansas was very disjointed. I'm a huge Razorbacks fan. Um, and Arkansas was very, very disjointed, uh, this year. The, there were, you know, Brazel's injury, uh, Smith's injury. Walsh was not as polished at the beginning of the year as they thought he was going to be. So it just kind of, it was all over the map. Okay. Um, the other person that, that this was the primary person before black took over Jars Walker, um, with how crazy the, the the shifting is, it seems almost every day, any of these guys could be available. So right. uh, let's get into the Jars Walker fit. What's he look like in Dallas? Uh, great fit. He is so good at passing out of the short roll. Um, he's absolutely incredible at it. You know how we, uh, we've talked about Powell can sometimes throw teams apart with that uh, passing out of the short roll. Um, he's actually incredible. Like Powell is just like, Oh, I've done this enough that I'm good at it. Like Jairus is actually like born good at that. And so with you put him and Luca together, it's just going to beat teams up. It's just going to be impossible to stop. Uh, the thing with Jairus, uh, his shooting is not quite there. He showed a little bit more of that in, uh, high school In high school, he was actually like an ISO scorer. Like he could create his own shot in the mid range. He did not do that at Houston. Houston is a much more structured offense. Uh, they did not let him run the show. They had veteran, you know, they had older guys, and uh, you know, Samson is not going to just give a rookie free reign. Um, and so he had, he has a lot more that I think he can do than he showed at Houston. If you watch his IMG tape, it's uh, pretty incredible. Um, he made IMG's defense work, and they were playing Jet Howard, and it still worked. So. Um, he's pretty good <laughs> at defense. Um, so I just don't see him falling past Indiana. Like Rick Carlisle is going to look at him and be like, Oh, I desperately need him. And uh, I just don't see him falling past Indiana. That's my fear. Yeah. I think when I looked at, when I saw him in the, uh, the tournament, he, he definitely had some, some flashes of like different things and like IQ defensively mm-hmm. stood out for me. Um, kind of maxi like, as far as like being in the right place on defense almost mm-hmm. every time it felt like just making plays. and he's his hands are really really good okay so we would he is he would you consider him a four five or four three like how what, what's his um so i think he's a four um who can play some three and can play some five but i think he's a four like, so it's kind of more like Maxi, you know, like he can guard some of the threes, he can guard some of your fives, but he's a four. Okay. Which we need in a four. So if he drops, like he, that's my biggest, I, the fit between him and Luca is so perfect um, that I, I think Walker wants to be here first off. <laughs> like uh, it's just, it's such a good fit with walk for Walker that uh, I think that we are the best landing spot for him. But uh, I just don't know that he'll make it to us because I, I really have a hard time seeing Indiana pass on him. I know that there's rumors that, you know, they want this person, they want that person. But, man, I just I can't see him passing on Walker. Um, 
every year I feel like there's somebody in the top 10 who falls farther than people expect. Uh, outside of like the ones we discussed, like Walker, Hendricks, Black, and I don't even think those would necessarily be falling. That's just in that range. Uh, who do you see in the top 10 that could that has potential to possibly fall that far to number 10? Oh, let's think about it. Um, I don't know about falling to 10, but it seems like Amin Thompson is starting to fall. And so that could throw everything off if you're looking at, you know, if you're if you're thinking about buying into Anthony Black, then you're really going to want Amin Thompson because he's like Anthony Black to the next level. So, you know, he's that huge creator. He re- he struggles with a shot even more than Anthony, but man, he's a huge creator. He's basically you know, six, seven, John Morant on offense. And he's also a good defender, uh, or at least has better defensive tools. Um, so Amin Thompson, uh, if he falls, that's going to throw everything off. So he could fall far enough that that makes Jairus Walker fall, or that makes Taylor Hendricks fall more, or that, you know, so that just could throw everything off. Um, I'm pretty sure, obviously the top three, you know, Wimby, Scoot, Miller, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, Cam Whitmore, I feel pretty safe in saying that he's going to be gone. Um, but I could see one of Hendricks, um, Anthony Black, maybe a sore or Walker um, fall into us. And then the other ones would be um, whether or not Belial moves up into that top 10 because uh, he could shift somebody down. Um, and then same with Grady Dick could go. I, I could see him as high as Indiana. You know, maybe they do shock everybody and take him. I mean, uh, Rick Carlisle having, you know, Grady Dick, that just is a good fit for him. So uh, it could just throw everything off. But I think the most likely of those to drop to us, if I had to guess today, would be Jairus. Um, but if, uh, but I just really would be shocked if he made it, made it to us. But he's the most likely, I think, to fall to us. Um, I do have one more question. I think, in my opinion, the best scenario for the Mavs is trading that if none of those, if Walker, Black, Hendricks, none of those guys are available, trade that pick for big, like a Clint Capella. Uh, That's really the only one off the top of my head I can think of. I don't really know who else on the market we could get with that pick where it'd be worth it. Uh, (laughs) Trade back in the mid first round and possibly grab uh, a wing player, possibly a 3 and D wing player. Uh, which of the wing players in the draft in that range between, like, the mid-first-round range uh, do you think best fits for the Mavs? Not talent-wise, not who's the most talented, but who do you think would be a better fit for the Mavs? Uh, Hawkins is the one that jumps out the most to me. Uh, Max Lewis is another one out of Pepperdine. Um He's really, really good. Uh, really good fit for us. Biz um, is shaking his head because I, uh, I think I wanted to draft him when we played GM, but he wasn't mm-hmm. there, and he was there for Bibbs. And I said, "Man, just, just, just make the right call. Just make the right call." Right. Uh, Jordan Walsh makes some sense. He's not a shooter yet, but man, he's a fantastic defender, um, and he's power forward size, but he can guard even some shooting guards. Um, so uh, I like him. Uh, you know, Brandon Potsmazinski is pretty good. Uh, depending on 
I'm lower on Bryce Sinspa and Jet Howard than most people, but depending on how far back we trade, like it could be worth it. Um, I do like Jet. I do like Jet. So I think it just depends. One trade that I've been kind of mulling in my mind, if, uh, you know, if we want to keep doing the whole, we have an offensive center, a defensive center, you know, if we want to keep doing that, maybe trade uh, Davis Bertans and 10 for Kelly Olenek, 16 and 28. So we get two first rounders. Okay. Um, so we can work on some depth there, uh, get some more swings. But, uh, you know, obviously we still need a defensive center, but I'm thinking maybe if we do that, then you could get Trace Jackson Davis. Okay. Uh, there's your defensive center. You have your offensive center in Olenek. You have Powell who can do whatever Powell does, you know. And then uh, you also get a wing with 16. I think that would be a good, good trade. I've heard some good things about Noah Clowney. What do you think about? Uh, Clowney is very, very raw, but I do think that there is a world where he makes a lot of sense. Um, there's, he's also very divisive. I don't, I don't know if that, uh, if you came across that, there are some people who just are absolutely positive that he is not going to be able to switch at an NBA level. And he, so that makes him, you know, basically much less desirable. And then there are other people who think that his switching is what's going to make him stick at the NBA level. So it all comes down to, do you think he can switch uh, on defense? And so I tend to lean more towards yes. So I would be okay with Clowney, but I also think he's going to be kind of like lively. He's going to be a couple year kind of guy. Um, I grew up in Nigeria. So I'll throw out another big who, if we're going to take a project big, um, uh, James Naji. Oh my word. Uh, basically, if you have not read my big board, um, my comp for Najee is freaking Thanos. Um, that's my NBA comp for him. Uh, he is huge. So I grew up in Nigeria and Najee was born uh, about five hours away from where I grew up. And so part of that is like a little bit of bias, but he is absolutely huge. He can play good defense. He's a good rim protector. He's seven foot tall. Got a seven foot seven wingspan. Uh, he's got muscles for days, um, and he can switch a little bit. So if you're that size and can switch a little bit, you are very interesting to me, especially on this Mavs team that lacks both rim protectors and uh, you know Roman outside of Powell. So if he can kind of be a little bit of Powell on offense uh, and a lot better than Powell on defense, eventually that seems worth it to me. But the problem with Najee is again, his free throw shooting is abysmal. And uh, so he's a long, he's got a long way to go on offense. So he's not a going to be a contributor this year. I'm going to ask this. This is a question I had. Uh, I got some names here that have not come up yet, but we'll see. I'm going to save them. Um, <clears throat> who's a player that is not, expected to go in the lottery by any stretch of the imagination like nobody's projecting them to be a lottery pick that you think you know five years down the road people are going to say should have been a lottery pick like he's going to be a lottery talent down the road so this year's Jaden Hardy I guess so yeah uh I think there's a potential for this guy to be that and that's Nick Smith I have no idea where he's going to go uh he was so injured at Arkansas that he had an up and down year so there, there's that. Uh, another one, I have him in my second round just because I'm kind of scared off by how many injuries he's had, but Derek Whitehead from Duke. 
Mm. Um, he's had several lower body injuries, so I'm kind of scared off. So I've dropped him into my second round. Uh, but just based off of talent, he is a lottery talent. Um, so those are the two that come to mind. Uh, if Gigi Jackson can ever figure out uh, how to not be uh, like a complete moron sometimes, <laughs> uh, it would be him. Uh, he has the court or on the court, <laughs> kind of both, man. Um, you know, off the court, but also like on the court, he's like, you know, he's going to the media complaining about not getting enough touches and uh, like all this kind of stuff where, uh, so if he, if he can cut that kind of stuff out, man, he's got talent for days. Um, he just doesn't seem to know how to use it. My fear for, with him is that he's young and he, he acts like it. You know, yes. A lot of these guys that are those super prospects, like they've been, they've been forced to grow up early. I feel like yep. he may have been babied or coddled along the way. And like, even when he had his little moments, like he would be immediately apologetic. He just can't contain control himself from saying it yet. He should have gone to UNC, and because uh, I think that would have they, they would have forced him. You can't, not, say, you know, that you can't say that. To I you. know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> but it just uh, he did not need the whole offense handed over to him. Yeah, um, that was that was bad for his development. I think. Uh, and I think it's bad for his stock because it was almost the same thing that happened with Jaden Hardy, where he was forced into a situation where he was asked to do too much. <laughs> And it yep. made him look worse than he is, um, yep. which is going to hurt his draft stock. But then somebody's likely getting a steal if, if like you said, we can he can keep keep his head on straight and the talent actually pops through. But uh, and from what I understand, Hardy was very similar as far as head case, uh, as far as in the drafting and stuff. Uh, I heard that he was like taking FaceTimes while he was interviewing with GMs and taking FaceTimes from his friends and, and like all that kind of stuff. And so uh very similar to Gigi. <laughs> so. and, and both of them are good kids it's just yeah yeah just some t- they need to grow up and it seems like Jaden has really done some growing up and so dropping to the second round kind of forced him i was gonna but, say i think maybe it's one of those situations where because he dropped he was like oh crap like i better tighten up basically yep. um and maybe Gigi needs something like that too like sometimes you know when it's given to you so easily it's easy to take it for granted and not realize how easily it can be taken away yeah um all right we're gonna get cussed out if i don't ask about this player so i'm gonna go ahead and do it uh another person that has risen up lists as a a guy that people want especially if we move back to 15 or 15 to 20 somewhere in that range uh leonard miller from the g league ignite uh been seeing a push recently of people saying you know he's probably been the best ignite player like as far as their performance on the court with the ignite um very quiet year but product production wise it was there um not sure why the push is coming so late but it's here uh he's a guy that stood out for me when i was looking at those late first round guys and it looks like he may have be one of these late risers as well how do you feel about uh leonard miller so i think leonard miller needs a very specific uh context to work however uh i think we can be that context um because I think the the main thing is if, if we can actually get a, like a center who can take the pressure off of him, that he's not going to have to guard the rim and he can just be a rebounder, uh, kind of do a little bit of switch defense uh, and just kind of do his thing in transition. He seems to have started to shoot a little bit more. Uh, he is raw. He's going to take some time, but the flashes are there. Um, he reminds me a lot of Jeff Green. Um, 
and where Jeff Green could just every once in a while when he was younger, man, he'd just you'd just be like, what did I just see? And then he'd be quiet. He'd be quiet for like six or seven games, you know, and then all of a sudden again, what did I just see? Um, so uh, he reminds me a lot of Jeff Green with that, where he he has these flashes where it's just like, man, if he could just do that consistently, he'd be an all star. Um, I'm partial to guys that hustle on the glass, and I think he's one mm-hmm. of those guys. I think Najee's one of those guys. Um, I will also say this uh, with right. Leonard Miller. He was possibly one of the worst basketball players I've ever seen last year at the Combine. Um, it was, it, he looked completely lost, completely like, like he had no business being on that floor. Um, and then by the end of the G League season, he belonged. And so that's a huge amount of improvement uh, in one year. So the fact that he is raw is true, but there has been a lot of improvement in one year. Okay. Reese, any other any other questions? Uh, no, no. I got all the information I wanted. Uh, let me see. I right, I got one more. I'll ask. Chris Murray. What's what's his situation? Uh, I find it kind of interesting that he. I feel like he's uh, not coming up a lot. Yeah, I, I have him in the mid twenty, uh, early twenties, twenty three. Um, I absolutely love the idea of him. I'm an identical twin, so uh, I, I love the idea of him and Chris, uh, him and Keegan getting put back together in Sacramento. Um, but he's just, you know, he's not quite as good as uh, Keegan is at defense, especially. And so that uh, makes him not quite the same ceiling of a prospect, but I do think that he has long-term role player potential. Um, So I like him. Uh, I just don't think that he will ever be a starter. And I do think that Keegan is going to be a starter long-term. Okay. Uh, Anybody we didn't bring up that you want to talk about? Ooh. you know, uh, just because he might be there, <clears throat> I would draft Casey Wallace if he's the one less. I know that uh, everybody's like, oh, we have too many guards. And I agree, we have too many guards. But I think that Tim is getting traded. So if Tim does get traded, uh, we don't have too many guards. And we also currently right now don't have a backup point guard unless you consider Hardy the backup point guard, in which case we don't have a backup shooting guard. Um, and so... I get that uh, that might not be the sexiest pick, but Casey Wallace is going to defend his tail off. He is going to hustle. He's going uh, to do all those things. Uh, he's the the shooting was not horrible for the whole year. It fell off near the end of the year as he got injured a little bit more, um, which was as competition got better. So you can argue that it was the competition, but he also was banged up a lot near the end of the year. So um, you can go either way on that, but I do think that Kaysen is someone that we should at least look at if we're the Mavs. Okay, Reese, anything else? Uh, no, nah, I appreciate you for coming on, man. This uh was much needed information. I, I needed this insider information, you know, to confirm some of my feelings on some of these guys, especially guys like Jordan Hawkins. I will say, uh, as far as if trade back candidates, I, I would love if we could buy a second round pick and get Trace Jackson Davis. I think he is worthy of a first round pick. Um, 
I have Trace, let's see, 21 on my board. Um, I think he is fully worthy of a first round pick. And uh, it seems like just because of age, he might go second round. Um, so he would be someone that I would be targeting with the trade back um, or, you know, just buying in in the second round. The, you know, the Pacers have like three second round picks, you know, there's all these, uh, the, the Magic have two first rounders. They probably don't want their second round. You know, if we can buy a second round pick and get Trace Jackson Davis, I think that would be great. Is he a guy that you think <clears throat> that you like because of potential immediate impact, or do you think he also has upside? I think there is some upside. Um, it's interesting. He never shot like at all at Indiana, but everybody has said like in workouts and stuff, he always is a great shooter. And like, he's apparently a great shooter in uh, the, uh, when he's been working out for teams and trying out for teams, he's been a great shooter. Uh, so I think there is some untapped potential there. Um, but the defense, he, so he's, he's only six, nine, but he's got a great vertical. He's a great rim protector um, as far as the timing. And he's got the huge wingspan and the passing uh, from a big man uh, and the rebounding from him. Like, it's just, you don't see it very often for someone to be like that. You know, his dad played in the NBA. Um, it was one of the Davis brothers. I can't remember which one is his dad. Um, if it was Dale or Antonio um, off the top of my head, but you know, so he's got the NBA pedigree. Um, and he's just a hard worker and he would fit in on this team. He doesn't make very many mistakes. He's always in the right place. He's kind of like, he's always in the right place like Powell is, but he doesn't have the negative wingspan to make it like not matter. Um, so it matters that he's in the right place. So uh, I like the idea of Trace Jackson Davis in our system uh, with the passing that he can do. And then just the knowing exactly where to be at all times. I think he would be a great fit in Dallas. Okay. Jordan, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, glad you can make the time for us. I know you said, said that they're, they're killing you with the schoolwork right now, but <laughs> yeah, uh, we definitely appreciate you. You guys are going to have to hold down the fort and uh, live tweet the draft for me because I have to present during the draft. So if you guys <laughs> can uh, make sure that I know who we take at 10 or if we trade back, that would be great. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you very much. Have a good one. All right. We'll be back after these messages. If you're a beginning podcaster or someone who just wants to make things easy on their journey, Spotify for Podcasts is the perfect platform for you. They allow you to record your podcast and edit it, not only from your computer, but your phone as well. So you can do it on the go wherever you are. You can make money from your podcast through ads provided by the platform or through subscriptions from your audience with no catch at all. They even take the liberty of distributing your podcast, not only to the Spotify platform, but every other podcast and platform as well. Just like that. All you have to do is record, edit, hit publish and Spotify takes care of the rest. I use Spotify podcasters. To start my journey, Bibbs used it to start his journey. We used it to start the Mavs Outsiders journey. And now you have the opportunity to use it to start your journey as well. To get started, all you have to do is download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. All right. Welcome back. Thanks again to our, our guest, Jordan. 
Uh, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at if oh, I didn't lost the page at Hoop Draft Social or Hoop Social Draft, excuse me. Um, at Hoop Social Draft, Jordan Ennis. Uh, always enjoy his stuff, and he has a, a big board where he lays it out in tiers and all that good stuff. So you can you can check that out. I uh, believe his pin tweet is his last big board before the draft. I might have to check that out. I uh, I learned some stuff today. I would say. Uh, I think I did too. Well, I know I did. I think I did. I think uh, staying at ten, it does. It sounds like we almost can't lose. Like somebody quality is going to fall to us. Yeah. Um. Even the people that, excuse me, even the ones that aren't perfect are seem like they're going to be solid solid players one way or another if we if we use the pick i wouldn't be surprised if the mavs like if none of these trades come through that that they're looking to make for the 10th pick if they just excuse me decide to go with talent at 10 as opposed to going with a fit and i think that's smart especially considering we really have no assets right now like you draft the guy if he doesn't really work out. He may have a good rookie year. He may turn out to be a really good player, but you may say, hey, maybe we move on from this guy and we get back more than we thought we could or we get back more than we would have if we would have just traded the pick. Uh, we know the Mavs fans, so no, the fan base is never going to be 100% okay with the pick unless it's like a Taylor Hendricks, a Jarris Walker. I don't even think everybody will be okay with Anthony Black, to be quite honest. Um, but I'm excited and nervous because it's the Mavs we're talking about. So they can do something completely stupid. I've helped myself by being very distracted these past week or so. It's hard. Um, to where I've, I'm, I'm seeing it all, I'm engaging with it, but I, I'm not feeling it at all. Like, I'm not... I'm not anticipating having a nice rookie on the roster. I'm not anticipating a great trade. Like anything could happen. And so far I'm not hearing anything horrible necessarily. Like nothing's going to be like, nothing's going to piss me off <laughs> that I've heard so far. But uh, I don't know. We're, we're down to four days and less than four days because the draft starts before the time that we're recording here. And by the time you hear this, it'll be three days, but so stuff is about to start happening. Bradley Beal just got traded for a bag of peanuts and a used condom. Disrespectful to a bag of peanuts. <laughs> a, a bag of peanuts inside a used condom. How about that? Yo. <laughs> um, how does that even fit? I mean, I see. Never mind. <laughs> Bruh, I set you up for that. That's my fault. Please continue. Um, are you scared of these sons? Like, does this trade? No, move? man, they they not scared nobody. <laughs> trade doesn't move me at all. That trade don't move me. When I saw that trade, I laughed. Like, I just didn't want Bill to go to. I didn't want him to go to a team I like because I'm not a I'm not a fan. I don't I don't really You're not be, a fan of Bradley Bill. Not at this point. No, he didn't had COVID twelve times. Damn. His body looked deteriorate. I don't know. He, he I, used to be. I think opinions have changed on Bradley Bill over the years. I think he's un- kind of underrated at this point. Uh, I think there's a lot of teams he could help. I really didn't want to see him go to Phoenix because I want 
Like, bro, this owner is so horny for a super team, like for stars. You just saw what happened in the playoffs. All you have to do is go get some role players. That's Mark it. Cuban been chasing this thing for 12 years. He just got here, so I can't be mad at him. Man, <laughs> I would have liked to see him with Miami. I would have loved to see him in Milwaukee. Really? Uh, I guess because he could just be the offensive infusion because they yeah. got the defense covered. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is Phoenix right now. Miami is focused on Dame. So that's like that that's a much bigger fish that's gonna cost them more. I can see it. Tyler Hero gone. No, Tyler Hero's gone for sure. Yeah, like, no. and I'm pretty sure no one would be bothered by that. <laughs> like no. I would hope not anyway. Uh but yeah, man, I'm I'm scared of no motherfucking Phoenix Suns, man. Like, come on. You got a motherfucker on the team who ain't never won shit. A motherfucker on the team who can only win shit when he's surrounded by fucking super squad. And still, even then, he only got two rings. And a motherfucker who won choke at home in the playoffs every time. That's the thing that's funny to me. Like, I, I enjoy the Suns fans are excited and all that, but this team is not built for success. I mean, good for them, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I, I enjoy be excited. But. I enjoy that they get to be excited so that I can watch their heartbreak later. That's that's where I'm at with it. Um, I don't believe in that team. I don't believe KD's playing 70 games. I don't believe Bradley Beal's playing 70 games. And I don't know how they fit on paper. I don't know how they fill out the roster. Like, are dudes going to line up to play with them? I don't they think They're about so. to have you running point guard. I mean, they, they're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, I do not see guys lining up to play with these dudes. No. You are not well, you are not getting shots. <laughs> I think guys will line up to play with them simply because they like, oh, man, maybe I could win a ring here. And who are the guys see it all the time with super teams. What kind of guys? Guys who ain't really getting shit elsewhere. So we'll see how this team shapes up. I As it stands, good luck to those men. <laughs> Top five seed for sure. Good luck to those men. Uh, I don't know where they're going to finish, but good luck to them, man. Um, if help, well, no, nah, I can't even say if healthy. They're not going to be healthy. Yeah, I expect the Mavs to do something. I would be stunned if the Mavs got through draft night and all they did was use pick 10. Yeah, I would be shocked. Something else is going to happen, whether it's buying a pick, because they brought in a lot of second round talent to look at. Yeah. So maybe they're looking at them for the two way, whatever. But But whether it's buying a pick, trading back, or or doing something even bigger, I I would be surprised if nothing happened besides using pick ten. I would be shocked. I don't know if I'd be disappointed. I probably would, but but I'd be shocked. I yeah, mean, I obviously, would link to Buddy Hill right now. I, I mean, know. if they if they went full Reese and just drafted Jarris Walker at ten, and that was it, I would be fine. I'll survive. Actually, you did trade for a pick. Yeah, I did. Um. And got uh, GG. Okay. I tried to do multiple, but Jarris Walker landed in our laps at 10, and I said, well, fuck everything else. I'm going to just draft this dude. And that could be how this plays out. Yeah. I could definitely see that as a possibility, I guess. That's why I said I hope they don't trade the pick before the draft. Like, have some stuff lined up, talk to some teams, and then when 10 gets there, if none of those, if none of those three black Hendricks or Walker are there, pull the trigger if there's a trigger to pull 
one way or another, the math should get better this week, or we should have a better idea as to what this team is about to look like. Yeah, as far okay. as it stands for me, Luca, Luca, Josh, Jaden Hardy are the only real players on the team right now. Um, in my mind, because I'm expecting Tim Bullock. I'll say Maxie's on the team. I don't think. I about to say I think Maxie's on the team. <laughs> I don't think they're trading Maxie, but Tim Bullock, all those guys are likely being shopped. Berton yeah. being shopped, and then uh, anybody who doesn't actually have a contract right now, I'm not counting. Even though I expect Dwight Powell to get a contract, I expect Kyrie is leaning towards a contract. It's eighty twenty for me right now with Kyrie staying. Um, I mean, his options are slim now. Miami is all in on trying to get Dame. Only other team left, I think, is L.A. Yeah. Um, and I do think the Mavs would fold and do and facilitate a sign of trade if he was adamant about it. Yeah, they would. It would be stupid not to. Petty and stupid. Um, all right, I'm done with basketball. I, I, I'm off. Thank you. Did you watch any movies this weekend? I saw The Flash. Any thoughts that you're willing to share? Five out of ten. I initially gave it a six out of ten. I dropped my score by one point. Five out of ten. I know I'm in the minority. A lot of people like this movie. There are some people who didn't, but a lot of people like this movie. I've seen like seven out of tens, eight out of tens, five out of ten for me. Can't I, I just... <clears throat> I kind of knew early on and not like I just wanted to be known. I'm not a DC hater or anything like that. The Flash is my second favorite superhero of all time behind Spider-Man. So maybe I went into this with hopes and expectations because I've been waiting on a Flash movie my whole life. But the very first, not the very first scene, but like. There's a scene early on in the movie, pretty much in the beginning, as him as the Flash. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, if this is what they're going for, I'm not going to like this. Hmm. I've seen better CGI in RDC skits. Literally. Like. Now, is this movie supposed to be starting the James Gunn timeline or no? Like, what is the status with the James Gunn situation in this movie? Is this just like, maybe they haven't said it because they're trying to milk as much money as they can off of? I'll say this. I don't think they're milking as much money as they can because it's underperforming at the box office this weekend. But I mean, they had already made it. So like, if they I don't like if they came out and said this movie not count towards games, <laughs> James Gunn, it probably would be worse. They apparently James Gunn says the very first movie in his DC universe is Blue Beetle. Okay, I did see that now that you mentioned it. And he can get away with that because after seeing this movie, it doesn't set up anything. Yeah, it doesn't set up it, which makes sense because this movie was made before that decision was made. Gotcha. If anything, if anything, this movie closes out the previous DCE. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I did not see that. Barely. I did not see this movie. I don't know if I'm going to see it. Um. I'm just I did see the blackening. I did too. <laughs> and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I was like, I kept hearing good things about it, and I'm like, it's free, man. I might as well go see it. It felt like a black screen. I enjoyed the movie, man. Now, what I did not enjoy was 
theater I was in. Oh, damn. I had a good crowd. I had a good crowd. Was it was it a lot of us? Yes. Too many of us. us, And you can tell. Too many of us. Too many. (laughs) Too many, bro. Like, and it's the stereotypical us. Like, (laughs) like, bro. It was to a point where it got so bad I couldn't laugh at the jokes because I was annoyed. Like, I'm just like, bro, this joke's so funny, but y'all pissing me off. Like. And I was sitting at the end because the movie theater was pretty much packed. Yeah. I got my ticket late. I'm sitting at the end of the row. It's a guy next to me and his girlfriend next to him. He was cool. He was chilling. He was laughing, you know. But his girl, the worst one in the movie theater. What was she doing? Talking the whole time. Like what? Everything. Loud, too. And I'm just like, bro, what? you want attention? Like. Like, what you doing, man? I, I damn near want to tap. I'm like, yo, get your girl. <laughs> like, talking like she wanted people to hear her talking? Like, I don't, I think that's just, she was just talking. Uh, come like, on. Like, uh-uh. Oh, no. This, that, like, like Regina Hall in Scary Movie. <laughs> so she was scared, is what I'm hearing. That, too, yes. One to, they get scared I can't remember the scene. I cannot remember the scene. But something happened that she, No. Somebody when somebody got shot with the arrow, okay. Time, she was like, Oh, I was like, Bro, what? Like, it ain't even that deep. He alive, like, that's in the arm, bro. Like, that would take me out the movie. Look, man, it, it, movie. it took me out the movie. The whole crowd was like, I was just like, Y'all gotta be better than this, man. Like, My crowd was good. My crowd was good. It was definitely a lot of us, but it was they knew like when to react and when you could talk a little bit more. Versus just doing it whenever, like we have, we have fun. We have, we had a fun crowd. But I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I may go see it again, like with a group. It's definitely a movie I could, I could see myself seeing again. Yeah, with just because it was an one of those shared experience situations. Now it sounds like your experience wasn't the greatest, but like I still remember Get Out. Like I saw it three times in theater just because of the reactions and stuff that people had at different moments. But it felt like Jordan Peele designed the movie so that you could have space to react to certain things sometimes. Like when I looked at it again, like it gave you pauses in between like something happening. So like everybody, you can get that hell no out there and all stuff like that, that people be doing. So was it just me or did the villain of the movie seem predictable? You know what pissed me off a little bit? It kind of did something that I was trying to do with a horror movie I'm writing. It did it a little bit too on the nose. Like you said, it was a little too obvious. They gave it to us early, and I think it, they gave it to us in a way that made us think that's too obvious. Like, there was somebody I forgot about. the. the okay. yeah, I forgot about them. I did not. <laughs> but the main person, like, early on, I was like, it's him. He was, it was, all, that person was off the whole time. The and, whole time. And, but it was like, because otherwise, it didn't make sense for him to be there. It didn't. It didn't. Like, you could tell also, he, he overplayed the hell out he, of it. He did, but it was still funny. <laughs> That's your main follow, right? From coming to yeah. America. He yeah. overplayed it, bro. So like, hard with the twisted mouth and everything. The twist- <laughs> Come on, son. You're doing too much. <laughs> Who was your favorite character from the movie? 
Oh man. So first of all, he was hilarious. I thought he did it. He was hilarious. Uh the light skinned girl, the, the biracial girl, she was great. I was about to say it's between her and probably Melvin Gregg's. Melvin Gregg's character was good too. I tweeted, I was like, yo, Melvin Gregg has come a long way from Vine, man. I'm telling like, you. He, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for him. I've been on him since uh what was that? Uh American Vandal. I was like, hold on, he really acting out here. Like he really, right. really doing his thing. Um it was in Snowfall too. He had a good role in Snowfall. Uh yeah. The, oh, the um I was about to say it, it's Pride Month. Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne. What's his yeah. name? Try to find the actor. What the actor? His name is Dwayne. The actor's name is Dwayne. Oh, Dwayne Perk. That's why I skipped yeah. past because I just thought it was the uh, character name. But Dwayne Perk, Dwayne Perkins did his thing. He was hilarious. Nine times out of ten, bro. When you got a cast of black people and there's a gay character. The gay characters nine times out of ten is going to steal the show. Nine times out of ten, he's going to be the funniest character in the world. It's going to be too much, or it's going to be too much. He was even if it's too much, it might still be funny. He was the right amount, I think. He He was the right amount for sure. Perfect. He he felt real. I feel like a lot of times they go too far and and it gets little. I like how throughout the whole movie he never switched up on old boy though. Like it was (laughs) the whole time when they all. When they all realized they was no, when they was leaving, they were splitting up and they was like giving each other hugs. He walked up to him and walked. <laughs> that was one of those moments I wanted to pause the movie for so I could laugh appropriately because it was so I thought it was gonna be like a nice moment, like all right, they over it now. He was like, nah, it's still I still don't like you. There was a part in the movie. And it's hilarious because I listened to Double Toaster's review afterwards and the same thing happened in their theater. Okay. The O'Reilly auto parts. (laughs) (laughs) Did your whole theater sing sing the theme song? I'm trying to remember. If they did, I mean, it was so loud in the theater that I might not have, I might have missed it, but a couple people definitely did it. I can't, I couldn't in tell. In my theater, when he, he was like, oh, oh, we was all like, oh, 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 O'Reilly, <laughs> auto parts. Double Toasted said the same thing <laughs> happened in that theater. That's how you know, this is a, this is a true thing. Black it's people know the O'Reilly auto parts theme song, man. It's a hit. Oh, man. Uh, I like the little thing at the beginning. With Jay Farrell and uh, <clears throat> can't remember. The it lady. was perfect. That's what like from that moment it felt like a Scream movie. Like yeah, they they set it up perfectly. They referenced life. Scream. They said you know I think they killed Jada Pinkett and Omar yeah. Epps off early because the they trivia aspect. Of this. Yeah, and then you notice they kind of do the look like like yeah. breaking the fourth wall type of thing. Like right. and they they even made the reference. Um, who was it? They made a reference to somebody and they were like, um, they only got that person in the movie because they killed them off in the beginning of the movie because they didn't have the budget to pay them. That's and, what I just said. Oh, I missed that. What you, <laughs> how, did you, how did you say it? I just, I was like, uh, they referenced uh, Scream. Because- I'm saying they, specifically they referenced not having the budget to pay. Yeah, that's what I said. Pay. And then they kind of broke the fourth wall with Jay Farrell because they did the look afterwards. Okay, okay. Knowing they can't afford him for the whole movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did the. I I will say, <clears throat> as far as the predictability, I think they did a good job of making it enough of a mystery till the end. Because there were points where I thought a character from early on was gonna come back, 
and end up being involved. Um, so yeah, like you got good, good comedy, c- good characters. Um, the trivia stuff was fun. Like I, I heard people in the theater trying to guess certain answers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I got most of them. It was a uh, the friends one threw me that off. That was fucking hilarious. I learned something with the friends one. Like I didn't know. No, I only knew one of the. I knew an Alicia. I knew Alicia Tyler. Or yeah, Alicia she's Tyler. the only one I knew. She's the only one I knew. And so when everything they else, new, I was like, Aunt Viv was on Friends. What yeah, the dude, they start naming other people. I was like, huh? I was like, Gabrielle, you're you was on Friends. What? The- <laughs> it makes sense. She would show up in some Friends, but uh, yeah, she would show up in some Friends. But uh. The answer to the question was got me. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that at all. Because one person the whole time was like, wait, so y'all really watch the show? (laughs) Everybody kept saying, I don't watch it. Right. This person did show up on that. But I remember this person was in the episode. Like, how you gonna remember this obscure character from the show if you ain't watching? My favorite part was the Nas joint where he did the uh the one mic. <laughs> the, with the graphics and stuff, popping. with the graphics, I was like, bro, I wouldn't have got that. We'd have died. Like, they they did a really good job with this movie. I'm I'm very uh, I'm very pleased, and uh, I, I definitely got to keep posting it out there. Somebody just actually replied to my post on Instagram and said that it's not showing at enough theaters near her. So I I don't know that changes. Who, <clears throat> I don't know who wrote this or who produced it or whatever, but hopefully they make. More films like this. First of all, Tracy Oliver. Tracy Oliver is she did a uh, girl's trip. Okay, that makes sense. And she writes Harlem, which I've been told I need to check out. Um, she also wrote Little, which I enjoyed. Uh, Barbershop, The Next Cut. She hasn't been around that long, honestly. Um, Survivor's Remorse was the show that she kind of started on, but Girl's Trip is where it like took off for her, so. It was actually her and uh, Dwayne Perkins were the writers. Okay. Which makes sense now. <laughs> Which makes sense. Um, yeah, I would like to see more films films like this. I don't want to see a sequel to this because then, then it might go too far. Then again, I, if it's a, like... Like, if it's a sequel, I don't know if you can have the same cast. Like, you I can't have the same cast. New cast. You got to have a new cast. Like, I can't imagine any of these people would end up in this type of situation. No, nah, not black people. Not black people. I've seen a biracial girl in something before, and I just cannot. I don't think I have, and it was really confusing because I there's almost no chance. There's almost no time I'm walking into a movie seeing somebody for the first time completely. I just I, I, I gotta I gotta look it up. Maybe yeah, she, she's in Harlem. Someone. She's in Harlem. Grace Byers, The Gifted Empire. The yes, Empire? I've seen clips of her in Empire. Okay. Yes, she's thirty eight. What? Yeah, she older than me. That's why when I when I looked her up, it shows her with the shortcut. Oh, like, man. okay, she was in Empire, but that was so long ago. I'm like, she's 38. In this movie, she could pass for 24. Yeah, she could have been. They could have been in her. All of them could have been in her 20s, as far as I was concerned. But we know what they say. That's crazy. Um. Yeah, I had fun with this. I had fun with this a lot. Uh, Tim Story was the director. He, I, I saw that. I'm like, Tim Story? The motherfucker that did Fantastic Four? He has a lot of L's in his catalog. He does. I was surprised that Tim Story did this. He has a lot of L's in his catalog. I was extremely surprised. This is not among his L's. 
Hold up. He did that movie with uh, Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah, the taxi movie. I love that movie. What? With the opening scene where it's definitely not Queen Latifah. <laughs> Guilty pleasure, bro. I saw that when I was a kid. Me and my mom used to watch it all the time. I love that movie. That's that's funny. Uh, Fantastic Four, uh, you mentioned already. He did both of them? Tom Brady's that. ex-wife is in that movie as well as the yeah, main film. I'm trying to think there was something significant i think i had stolen a box of dvds from my dad and that was he did movie. both fantastic four movies both ride along movies with ice cube and kevin hart he did think right. like a man shaft the recent shaft right tom. oh my god he did tom and jerry <laughs> hey man you can't, they can't all be hits they can't all be hits you gotta get paid checks gotta get cashed Ooh, okay i think we talked about that long enough yeah. Um, I binged Never Have I Ever. I will not talk about that here. Okay. I'll For my people that do watch that show, I will say there were things I was not 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 wanting to happen that I thought were going to happen. By the time the show ended, uh, I wasn't mad at anything. Everybody, I think, got a, got a good ending. Um, I can't be mad at how it ended at all. So especially my boy Paxton. I was concerned how they were going to do my boy Paxton, but Paxton came out all right. Actually, he came up. Nah, not I mentioned. Shout out to Paxton. Even though he was 34 playing a teenager. It's okay. Um, I ain't got nothing else. Like, we can get up out of here. I can edit this podcast. I ain't got shit else either. All right. <laughs> that, that's it. Next time y'all hear from us, maybe draft night. We'll see how this goes. Mavs team could look completely different. Hopefully. Or slightly different. God willing. God willing. Until next time. Damn, I almost hit the wrong button. Until next time. Peace. Peace. Volkswagen Atlas. It does life beautifully. Pandora makes it easy for you to find your favorite music. Discover new artists and genres by selecting any song or album and we'll make you a personalized station for free. Download on the Apple App Store or Google Play and enjoy the soundtrack to your life.
Hey, Brad, you know how Nationwide is more than an insurance company? Yeah, they're one of America's largest financial services companies. We get that in a song like Business Life Retirement. Or Nationwide's there to protect. I'm kind of the jingle guy. Not sure I agree with that. Well, I'm not sure I like your hat. Well, it would never fit on you. Products issued by Nationwide Life Insurance Company or Nationwide Life and Annuity Insurance Company. The general distributor for variable products is Nationwide Investment Services Corporation, member FINRA, Columbus, Ohio. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.